Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss tonight. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mears. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. You know, that bye week felt awfully long. Only two of those a year, but it's good to see my man Kenny Florian. It is Sunday, May 29, 2022. Hope everybody out there is in good health and good happiness on this Memorial Day weekend. It is episode 350 of the Anik and Florian podcast, and... It feels awfully trivial, Kenny, to crack a microphone today and start complaining about the mixed martial arts scoring and judging without at least acknowledging just the absolute devastation in Uvalde, Texas, uh, several days ago now. I don't really have anything groundbreaking to say as far as my opinions or my feelings in terms of mental health or guns or anything like that, um, but there's just an overwhelming sadness and heaviness, I think, with all of us over the last several days I went to game five of the Celtics and the Heat in Miami, and like as soon as the game was over and I get back in my car, it's just overwhelmed by sadness once again, thinking about my daughter who is going into fourth grade and potentially having to deal with the reality that like for her two siblings, you know, she's gone. And obviously that is not the case, but for so many families it is. And, um, you know, I'm not Tim Kennedy, a guy who has devoted his life to, you know, helping people and solving problems necessarily. Um, but I, I do believe optimistically or otherwise that this situation is finally going to affect change. I really believe that. And, and I'm hopeful for that, but it's been a sad few days here in the United States of America. 
Yeah, it's awful, man. Um, it, it really is so sad. And again, as a dad who's got a couple kids, um, you know, I, I do uh, fear for the future um, because sadly, um, I think there's uh, a lot of people who are dealing with mental illness. And I think that uh, from the pandemic, from people being locked inside to people losing jobs to being financially, you know, repressed in a certain uh, way, shape or form to, um, you know, just a, a lot of the issues that we're dealing with right now. I, I, I think it, it may get worse. And, and the problem is, is that you see something like this and you see another sick individual, an insane person. Um, who sees this and goes, oh, maybe, maybe that's the way, maybe, maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, mm. uh, and, and it, I, I don't understand that mentality of someone who is going to go out there and take the life of an innocent child. Um, but th these cowards, these, these insane people are purposely targeting people or individuals or humans that um, are vulnerable. Um, and I think that's an important point. Um, mm -hmm. And in the end, um, I, I, I don't know what the resolution is. I hope it's some kind of presence that uh, is going to help to protect these kids. But um, it, it really is sad. My heart goes out to all those people. How do you even explain something like that? Who has lost a child under those circumstances when you expect your child to be safe at, at, a, at an institution of education, of learning? And um I don't know. Uh, it's it's tough out there, and um, you know, it, I, it's just there's no words. Just so traumatic for that whole community. And I will say, if there is anybody in that community uh, who happens to be a mixed martial arts fan or a UFC fan who has been affected, who is somehow listening to this podcast, I, I would hope you would reach out to us on social media, and uh, we will stop at nothing to try to do whatever we can to uh, to try to help in any possible way. I'm not even going to get into sort of the response by, by law enforcement or lack thereof. But one thing I will just say as a father and as a parent, it's a very hard thing. Fatherhood. It's the hardest job I've had. You know, working for the UFC is pretty challenging in its own right, but being a father is very challenging. And oftentimes it's me who sets the tone for the day, right? Because my wife leaves, she goes and teaches and I take the kids to school and it begins then right. Setting the tone for your kids and the energy that they're going to have. There are plenty of days where even with my say coffee, I wake up in a fucking shit ass mood and I got to make sure that my kids don't feel that energy. And I just think there's a responsibility for all the parents out there to, to, you know, to try to just make decisions that are going to make your kids happy and make their lives a little bit easier. I'm not saying coddling necessarily, but there is a saying that says a mother is only as happy as her saddest child. And you just don't know everything that they're dealing with. You know, yeah. thankfully right now when my kids get bullied, you know, they confide in me, but there may come a time that they won't, but we got to talk about mixed martial arts. That's enough about that. But to everybody in Uvalde, Texas, um, we've been thinking about you nonstop and, um, Hopefully we do hear from some people um, and we can try to help in any possible way. So we were idle last week. So I do want to get into UFC fight night home versus Vieta if I could. And we do have some thoughts, of course, on the scoring and the state of judging and some of the misconceptions that I believe are out there. Um, but can we talk about the fight a little bit between Ketlin Vieta and Holly Holm, if that's allowed? Um, you know, I thought both parties had their moments in the fight. I thought Ketlin Vieta landed the more damaging strikes, even if when I watched it live, I thought the effective grappling of Holly Holm 
in those clinch situations maybe was enough to give her the fight 48-47. Um, but by and large, I thought Ketlin Vieta was rewarded for, you know, being the more damaging, the more damage-doing athlete that night. What would you make of the main event from a couple weeks back, my man? Yeah, listen, I, I agree with you. I, you know, what's surprising is all those people that are saying it's a robbery. Like, you know, you you got to read the rules. And again, go back to that that interview with Sean Sheehan that we had. I think that is um, becoming more and more of an important episode as we look back on that and as we look forward to, you know, how these fights are going to be scored. So anyways, you know, I think we all like to think that we are um, aware uh, and what we're doing and when we're doing something. Uh, and I think there's a, a lot of people that think that they can multitask when they do something. You can't. Uh, and it's important that when you're watching the fight to to be able to hone in on just what's going on. I don't care if it's John Anik calling the fight, if it's Kenny Florian calling the fight, whatever it is, you know, watching the fight um, with no volume, I think says a lot. And you can kind of see the impact that the strikes have on the body, whether it's a cocking of the head back or whatever. But again, if someone is talking in your ear or if someone's distracting you, or if you're on your phone and you're driving, you can't do the primary job 100%. So when I went back and watched the fight the other day, I had it, I scored it completely different than how I scored yeah, it before. Yeah. And it's just, it just is just because yeah. I was able to kind of focus on it. And, um, you know, I had round one for Holly. Um, I had rounds two, three, and actually four for Ketlin, which I didn't right, have before. Right, right. And then I had round five for Holly. So yeah. rounds one and five for Holly. I thought it was close. That first round could have gone either way as well. There was another round that I thought was really close round four, but, um, I think, John, you nailed it. It comes down to that. The impact of the strikes, who were landing the more powerful strikes versus the cage control. If those rounds were close, right, or very even, then it would come down to that cage control or, you know, who is dictating, uh, you know, the grappling, uh, I guess, control there, which was largely Holly Holm or, you know, mainly Holly Holm. But um, I, I didn't have a problem with this. I thought Ketlin yeah. won the fight. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting. Again, just a lot of people that um, I don't think really know how to score fights. Um, so I wasn't the least bit surprised when the decision was announced, in some part because over the last four to six months, I've really been diving in to the language of the scoring and also been leaning on people like Sean Sheehan, who has sources, judges, who maybe have – received information about 10 eights that isn't being dispersed to the masses, right? So I feel very locked in, even though, as Daniel Cormier has acknowledged, that a lot of us broadcasters are going to be brought to Vegas and we are going to be part of a seminar and a lot of learning will be done. I am by That's no great. means an expert on the level of some of these um, judges or referees or even commissioners. There's learning to be done. But I was like, man, I think, you know, Ketlin might, be rewarded for her damage here. And sure as shit, that's what played out. You know, I thought Holly at times fought well. You know, Holly Holmes' last fight against Irene Aldana, I thought was a signature performance. It was not the Ronda Rousey knockout, but she was so good against Irene Aldana. And, you know, people hear Dean Thomas say on the broadcast that Holly looks 40 tonight, right? And they hear me agree with it. And it takes off like wildfire, as if there's been a narrative throughout the entire 25-minute fight that Holly looks 40. Oh, look at Holly looking 40. Right. I was blowing so much smoke up her ass for the Aldana win that maybe I reserved the right to say, you know what, on this night, she did look a little bit older to me, you know, and mm -hmm. didn't seem to be 
you know, cracking with her usual pop on the feet per se. So I wasn't the least bit surprised by the decision. And you know that we are verdict MMA supporters on the Anakin Florian podcast and have been from day one. But I do believe in terms of the mass audience, there's a lot of learning to be done. Print out the scoring, read the criteria. And also you can look at the trend of judges right now. Clearly you can see A, damage reigns supreme, and B, which I don't like, Kenflo, they seem to reward striking more than grappling. I really believe that uh, there is a a a slight pendulum swing towards the striker over the grappling. I I agree with everything you said right there. Um, absolutely. Um, I've said this so many times before, and really, it's because I think Holly is a is an even better fighter than what she shows. But again, this was a Holly Holm that showed up and looked like she was making her UFC debut. I mean, the, the the jitters are so apparent in Holly, especially when she starts a fight. She's so tight, and it takes her a little while to get going. Um, and I felt like when she started loosening up or the times that she was loosening up and kind of, you know, just letting her, you know, muscle memory take over, she was looking great. But when she's forcing things, it, it just... I don't know. She, you yeah. can see her getting tagged and it's hard to tell John, you know, I couldn't tell whether it was her age showing um, or whether it was uh, a, a stylistic approach that has perhaps changed with her footwork, but she was getting cracked with harder shots against, I don't want to say um, necessarily an inferior striker, but someone with certainly a lot less experience than her on the feet. And she was getting hit hard with some of those shots. So uh, anyways, I, and, and Holly looks, she look in physical, as far as physical shape, she looks in tremendous shape, man. She is ripped to the bone. She looks phenomenal. Um, but m- maybe reactionary, um, you know, some of her reactionary movements out there seem to be lagging a little bit. And again, I don't know if she was staying in the pocket too much, or maybe she was a little bit slower to react, but, um, uh, unfortunate there for Holly, but again, her and her team, I think if they went back and watched that fight again, um, I think they would be retracting some of the, the robbery stuff. That fight is way too close. Like yeah, when close I watched fight. it, I thought Ketlin, you know, edged it out. But when I saw it again, I scored it differently, still had Ketlin winning. Um, but it's such a close fight where you cannot say it's a robbery and you cannot be surprised by something like that. I mean, yeah. it was too close of a fight to be complaining uh, is my point. I agree. And stats really don't matter. Unofficial as they may be on the broadcast right. and official as they may be later on like UFCstats.com with respect to the great statisticians who are human beings. The stats just don't matter. Like, yes, exactly. we reference them and we reference the gambling odds. And I think gambling odds and stats are very similar. Another lens through which to maybe look at what's going on either before, during, or after a fight. But beyond that, it is what it is. Now, I just want to get back to that point, John, just to make it, um, you know, because, again, I could could touch you with 10 jabs in that one round, and I outstruck you 10 to 1. But if you hit me with one strike that really stumbled me and caused me to go backwards— you probably won that fight. If I have, you know, if you have nothing on your face and these are skimming shots, yeah. it does not matter. It's the impact. It's the effectiveness of the striking and the effectiveness of the grappling. Yeah, no, you're right. I got power too, Ken Flo. I mean, <laughs> I landed, <laughs> I, I'm one and one on the streets oh. or maybe one and two lifetime on the streets, but my win was a left hook, um, you know, on the campus of the river school in Western yeah. Massachusetts. And we did not <laughs> miss there in 1997. All right. Andre Pedernaris is the fucking man, by the way. Is he not? Like, I've been waiting 
two weeks essentially to just talk about the brilliance in the corner. And sometimes it get it gets lost in translation a little bit for the Americans with the Brazilian Portuguese. But whatever Andre thought about where his athlete was relative to the scorecards in that point in time, I just thought he did a tremendous job and has done a tremendous job with Ketlin Vieta over the last several fights. You know, they have been trying to get her to believe in her hands and to believe in her power and to believe in her volume and believe in her skills her whole career. And just to see veins popping out of his neck in between every single round, I really think in some way he willed his athlete to a better performance. And uh, there's my Andre Pedernaris appreciation. I don't know if you have anything to add on that. Obviously, you have uh, fought against him in yes, you know the Jose Aldo fight in the opposite corner. But dude, tremendous coach. Obviously, you, you see what he's done technically with all of his fighters and the style that he's had them come out with. Uh, just one of the best coaches in the world who does not get enough credit. Number two, as a corner man, the amount of experience that he has, you could really see that he knew that fight was close, and he knew he had to keep his fighter uh, with that foot on the gas pedal. He could, you know, you cannot let your fighter just cruise and think that they're on, you know, doing well. She, he respected Holly Holmes so much, and he knew that yeah. Holly was trying to claw her way back into that fight, and that was his way of making sure that Ketlin was on her game. Uh, and I think that was the difference. I really do. Andre did a tremendous job in the corner. And I have buckets of respect for that Jackson Wink MMA corner, Izzy Martinez and everybody else, and for Holly Great. Holm. And she easily could have gotten this decision, and then she'd be the one that we're talking about in this championship setting. And I do believe Ketlin Vieta, even though this is not the popular majority opinion, should wait for a championship opportunity. You beat two former champs, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, back-to-back. You fucking sit down and wait for a championship opportunity. That's what I would do. All right, so Holly Holm was 7-0 and when she signed with the UFC and MMA. That followed a Hall of Fame boxing career in which she went 33-2-3 with nine knockouts. But 7-0, and Kenny, when she signed with the UFC. What do you think her UFC record is, Holly Holm? I don't Seven know. and six. Seven and six. Wow. So she is, wow. I think, one in four in UFC title fights, the last of which came against Amanda Nunes in 2019 and has just the one finish over Betch Cohea dating to the Ronda Rousey head kick knockout. And again, neither wow. here nor there, like first ballot Hall of Famer for me. But you're talking about a fighter who was the champion, Holly Holm, for like 111 days or something like that. So she has all of this motivation and drive to be a champion for longer than three months. And um, obviously this was a significant setback as far as that goal is concerned. All right. I want to hit on a couple other things. If we do have the time, Longo's going to join us here in a minute, but who knows the extent of uh, his punctuality today and his hair and his fucking headphones. Yeah. Still no Ray. What a fucking shocker. And again, Minuteman going to be upset. I bang on the guy right before, during and after Instagram got hacked. We have a lot to get to with Ray. Michelle Pereira against Santiago Ponzinibbio. Another split decision loss for Santiago Ponzinibbio. I do believe Pereira deserved to win this fight. I have so much respect for my colleague Santiago Ponzinibbio. You talk about like championship hunger. I mean, this guy leads the fucking league. And this is obviously a tough setback for him in his mid to late 30s. Um, but I thought this was just a, an outstanding fight as expected. What do you have for us on, uh, on Pereira and Ponzinibbio? Yeah, listen, I, both those guys, I don't think they know how to do anything else than fight an exciting fight. So uh, this was a, a perfect match, uh, really exciting fight, back and forth. Those guys are warriors, and, and I think for Pereira, he needed something like that. Again, this is one of those where he's going to learn a lot from it and still got the win, which was huge for him. Uh, but yeah, for Ponzinibbio, this was a tough, 
this was a tough one. He really needed this. And I think not that, you know, Pereira is a good fighter, but he's not a top five guy yet. Right. So right, for Ponzinibbio right. to lose against Pereira, who's been climbing the ranks. Yeah. I think this, this is going to hurt him a little bit, but Ponzinibbio is a, a damn warrior, man. He's proved it time and time again. And I'm really happy for Pereira, who is locked in and had to dig deep again. You know, nice to see him in his last two wins really have to dig deep to get the job done. And I do believe Ponzinibbio, and I take him at his word, that on any given Saturday night, there are guys in that top 10 that he can beat. But he just hasn't been able to get over the hump. And, um, you know, I think the championship window might have closed uh, for Santiago Ponzinibbio, just given the back-to-back losses now to Jeff Neal and Michelle, Michelle Pareda. All right, breaking news on the screws, 1130 a.m. Eastern on a Sunday. We have Raymond Peter Longo. Let us get to the weekly Ray Longo Minute. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Jesus we need, we need the rest. We, we need the rest star. of your head, dude. <laughs> I need the rest of your head. Where Thank the you, fuck Kenny. is this thing? Hold on. There a we second. go. Hey. Is that better? Yeah, that's oh. better. I mean, there's nothing hey, like man. your voice. No, yeah, you there's go. nothing like your voice on a Sunday morning. Oh, uh, as easy as Sunday morning. Right. You're one of those guys. Yeah. Big Lionel Richie fan. Are you, a, are you a big Lionel, Lionel Richie fan? You could tell us. Yeah. Don't no, I don't. Not inordinately, no. Uh, but I was singing Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, you know the musical? Of course I know the musical. Jesus Christ Superstar. superstar. And you're the fucking superstar. I mean, uh, yeah. raise your hand if you saw the championship parade there in Nassau fucking oh, County. Ray Longo. Man. No cutthroats like the city of Boston, but that was pretty special. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to my Instagram or go to Aljamain Sterling's Instagram. It seems like Ray Longo's Instagram has actually been hacked. Is that oh, right? I mean, dude, since, since huh. I mean, I'm, I'm working, we're working on it now, but man, what a cocksucker. What a, I don't even get what the hell they're doing, but what a piece of shit this guy is. So Crazy. I, will, I will say that. Sorry. Can I jump in here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I saw something weird, but I was like, I don't know. Is this maybe Ray's doing something weird? I don't know. And then someone hit me up and it said, Hey, Ray Longo is, is, uh, he's been DMing me about <laughs> this and that and no, links. And I go, No, no, no. I go, That's got, don't, don't click horrible. on any of those links. That, that doesn't sound right. And that's when I hit you guys up. And I said, What the hell's going on? So they're trying to scam people. Yeah. Yeah. But scam, uh, scam them into what though, Ken? Wait, yeah, what, that- see, that's the problem. They, they want to torture people just for the sake of torturing them and interrupt their Instagram lives, which I, technically couldn't give a shit about but it is oh, annoying it on, isn't Ray. no it is annoying as shit man you know what you know oh. what I, yeah but you're right because i mean there are guys that ford that i like to put up a nice thing about it, it, right. it it's bullshit no it's, it's actually horrible yeah. have you started a new account you know i had another account that nobody wanted that some kid set up for me i'm gonna say 10 whenever instagram came out i didn't ever even know why he did that right. but so i do have another account uh, but we're really going to try to get this right. account back. So okay. instead right. okay, of, uh, yeah, I mean, but it's just, it, it's just disrupting. It's almost one of those things, Kenny, I'm just going to do it because I could do it and fuck you. Uh, right. Yeah. Cause anybody that knew me the first day, the first second it happened, I know it's not you. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm first right. of all, I never once put anything on my story ever. 
Never look at anybody's story. Never put up anything on a story. Right. <clears throat> Everybody knows that. And then they this thing where I bought a new car, like then I'm right. That's not about. your white Mercedes. Right, right. Yeah, right. Correct? I mean, if anybody I get a new car every two years, every I, I couldn't give a shit. I'm that's, <laughs> right. what I'm that's what I'm posting. I'm bragging about I got a new I car. I know. So out of you character, know. you know. Unbehorrible. You know, but but, all but the it Bitcoin is stuff. Yeah, I mean the Bitcoin stuff is on brand for the Anakin Forum podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. I don't even know. Was it to get you to buy Bitcoin? I, I'm not even sure. I think it's yeah, just weird. I'm going to fuck with you. And it's going on all over the place. They already, yeah. you know, I just feel bibby because of me now. Or people thinking it's me, they, <clears throat> you know, right. they got, yeah, they right. got hacked. All right. Yeah. Well, now our audience knows and uh, we'll keep you posted uh, once yeah. that all gets sorted out. And, right, and so wait, wait, let me, things. one more thing, John. Yes. On that. Fuck Instagram too. They do app. They do. They nothing. have done nothing. At this point, nothing. They don't even care to do anything, you know. And I know some law enforcement guys. They don't even like working with them. I mean, it's another one of those huh. bullshit things. They couldn't yeah. care less. So I've been I shadow banned myself for some reason too. So I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, really weird. But go. I'm sorry, John. That was it. Yeah. I uh, no. I think you need to punch a hole in someone's fucking chest. You know? <laughs> no, that'll that, that guy. That'll be lucky. <laughs> That's all that happened. No, I'm 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 actually pissed off. All right, so a few things to get to. May 23rd in your part of the world is now Aljamain Sterling Day. And again, you know, like I was not pleasantly surprised, but I was really happy to see the turnout and to see this UFC champion celebrated. When Steve Miocic first became the UFC champion, we called the mayor's office on the air in Cleveland, Ohio, and we couldn't get permission to air it. I don't know what happened, but I think maybe we aired it. But we were trying to get Stipe like a championship parade in Cleveland. And, you know, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, Holly Holm was embraced to a significant extent in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm just happy to see you on the podium with your fucking family there and Aljo get celebrated because this doesn't happen all the time for undisputed UFC champions. And uh, it was nice to see. And Excuse me. We haven't spoken two weeks, so I'm, I'm a little congested. You're a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> for Clem, yeah, that's a good word, John. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, fucking um, sharp attack this morning, ready to go, you know. <laughs> two cups of coffee, but baby. First off, sh- uh, shout out to Bruce Blakeman, our county executive, and Harry Bra. They put that thing together. Bruce Blakeman's doing an outstanding job. I love the way he spoke about Aljo, and he really he did this from his heart, man, and I think that speaks volumes of who Bruce Blakeman is. And so far he's doing a great job with the County, but man, he, he knocked it out of the park with that. Amazing. Parade. I didn't even know what to expect. You know, the, somebody had walked in and said, do you think you'd be interested? And then I call Aljo and I said, Aljo, I think this is great. Your mom gets up to, you know, be good for, you know, everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they technically honored both of us. You know, we both got citations, but obviously it's Aljamain. Sterling Day for a great reason. And, you know, it was just great, man. The kids at Union went back to his high school. Uh, the kids were very responsive. Everybody was behind him. And, you know, it's, you know, I said, Aljo, man, it's crazy. You were the champ 13 months ago. We didn't, we never saw this, though. So I love the fact that he did it the right way. I think that's what it goes to show, too, that when you you work hard and you put your nose to the grindstone and you block out all the fucking bullshit that you had to endure for a year and do it the right way what people want to see this is what happens and the kid's on another level now he's having such a great time and it's 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 great to see nobody wanted to win the title like that nobody knew they were going to win the title like right. that but obviously the jerk offs out there think that you know everything is planned and fake and they can go fuck themselves but Kenny I hate to I'm, I'm happy 
I'm happy. I'm happy for Roger because it really is for real now. And he, uh, again, Nassau County, thank you very much. Did a great job. Bruce Blakeman, shout out to him again. Great guy. Well, he's getting fucking two citations. He's getting two, uh, two thank yous there. So, Kenny. Uh, okay. um, Wait, can I just say one thing on the side? Yeah. No, he probably wouldn't want me saying. I don't even know if he would or not. But So, Bruce Blakeman, you know who his ex-wife is married to? Who? Paul McCartney. Wow. Is oh, that wow. crazy? Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's nuts. Yeah, he would not want you to probably say that. But okay. yeah. Paul's well, I mean, got nothing going for him. It's fine. What yeah, has he yeah, done? True. Bruce, right, Bruce is the man now anyway. <laughs> a few more things on this. Kenny, I just have to say, I know yeah. I'm sort of retreating here, but the yeah. pressure on Aljo in that second Piotr Jan fight, right? Like, look at this, right? This county, what's this guy's name? Bruce fucking Blakeman? What's yeah. his name? No, just Bruce Blakeman. No, fucking Bruce. I think his right. middle name is something but different. Bruce Blakeman, <laughs> I don't know if he made a conscious decision after Aljo won by DQ and became the undisputed champ. But notice how they waited for the Aljamain Sterling day. And we'll get to Longo's citation. You're not yeah. off the hook. But, you know, they waited for him to, like, legitimately win the title. So, again, like, yeah. think about the pressure on Aljo. It's like basically wasn't even acknowledged as undisputed and well, exactly that's so. yeah but again the, the confusion and everything else caused yeah. that but i'm just glad at the end of the day when the smoke cleared he's got his rightful place in ufc history that's it and, and there was so you. much and there was you know so what? much that he was dealing with man yeah i gotta tell you if you want to talk about mindset now i think he's the guy to talk to because i watched it go down i'm going like holy shit who yeah. who could take this you know in my you know, in my speech, I, I said, you know, well, I don't want to get into that, but yeah, you know, um, no, go ahead. He's been through so much adversity, even with getting knocked out by Marlon Moraes. He never lost after that. He came back from a vicious knockout and ran off those wins consecutively until he got to the championship, which I don't think that's easy to do for anybody. So this is the guy and he, he looks like he's maturing into such a great champion. You know, he's not changing and. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he said something at the uh, scrum, the press scrum after the fight that I was laughing my ass. So he's like, look, I don't want to I don't want to be known as the champ. I just want to be known as Blue Collar Aljo. And I got to tell you, he's I'm starting to realize he's you got to really read between the lines with him. He's a great kid. He really is. He's a great kid. I love watching him grow and he's just going to get better and better. I really I really mean that in everything. You know, we we're doing a DraftKings shoot in Arizona and he sort of said he didn't want to be called champ but i was like well i can't honor that request necessarily it's a well, it's honey, habit, guess, either you know. either either can i so nassau county blowing it out for not just aljamain sterling but this is breaking news to me that you got a citation which now makes me better understand why your daughters were on the podium right so but there's no ray longo day but they acknowledged uh your greatness i guess with your third homegrown champion is that right yeah, well, look, when they walked in, uh, there was a, a guy, Harry Broad, that walked into the uh, gym and he said, we want to honor you, Matt, and Aljo. This is a special thing. you got three champions, you know, that thing. So <clears throat> I was like, yeah, no, it sounds good, and, you know, but it wasn't really anything crazy. But then it started, you know, plus I had so much going on, too. It just started gaining momentum. And I actually told Aljo, Aljo, man, he just walked in and said, I, I don't even want to. I don't want to interrupt your day. And I think that's the way Matt felt too. He goes, look, it's that guy's day. Let him get it. And well, you guys do it, whatever. But, uh, you know, I'm good, you know, with everything. And 
you know, stuff like that. So but what if nobody no one shows up? I mean, nobody, no, nobody, nobody wanted to up. take, a, nobody wanted to take away from Aljo. But I, when I told that to Aljo, he goes, come on, you kidding me? You know, forget about it. You know, it's right. all good. That's the you type know, of guy so, he is. Did Matt Sarah show up? I didn't see him there. He was there. No, he, he, uh, his daughter got sick. So he, he okay. stayed home, right. but he, he was, he didn't want to interfere with Aljo's day in the first place from day one, but he was on board, but then his daughter got sick. I just thankfully, careful. I'd be nervous. Like if I got honored and nobody would fucking show up, you know. I know, right? My mom and a couple of buddies. Last thing on this, right? Yeah. Sort of piggybacking on the theme of people actually showing up and showing out for uh, for Aljamain Sterling, most Googled human being in Dover, Massachusetts. You know who that is? Kenny Florian, right? Wow. Rest assured. You know, if he fucking clock chokes somebody at the IBJJF championship, maybe we get a fucking parade in Dover, Massachusetts. And how many Googles was that? 16? Eight. My younger eight. brother <laughs> brought it to my attention. There was once a, a map in Massachusetts of the most Googled human being in each city. And uh, rest assured, I didn't take the cake for Wellesley, Massachusetts, but the Dover boy, oh, Dover Sherburn. Small town. Very small yeah. town. Yeah, this yeah. guy. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So uh, Steve Lee, unfortunately, dropped his professional mixed martial arts debut back on your birthday. By the way, right. happy birthday to both of oh. you guys. Enough with the fucking birthdays. I've decided I'm wishing everybody a happy birthday on Instagram in 2022. And no one but no maybe more. Ken yeah. Flo is fucking getting it next year. Like Everybody's <laughs> getting it this year. Nobody's getting it next year. Um, so Steve Lee, by decision, I don't know if it was unanimous or split, but loses his split. professional MMA yeah. debut. Talk to me. Yeah, no, I... <clears throat> Uh, you can't argue with the decision, but I, I personally thought he won. I thought he won round one, lost round two, was losing round three, but got up off, you know, got back up to his feet and put some damage on the guy. The only damage done in the round, that's the way I would have scored it. But uh, one judge had it for Steve, two had it for the other guy. So uh, I think he'll learn from it. You know, he, I think the, the first fight jit has got to him uh, a little bit. Uh, but that was it. He definitely, you know, he's, he's squared away with everything. Uh, he's got to make a couple of adjustments, not even physical, though. I think it was more mental. And what about Aljo's brother? He got poked in the eye. Okay. He, he got poked. Let me, let me recap. Dude, I swear to God, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in like two months at this point. Like, know. you know, with, with the other crap going on and, you know, my daughter right. graduated, uh, you know, Stony Brook for a master's degree, occupational therapy. So I, wow. I went from two days out there and I got in the car, drove to Atlantic City, came back. Had to be in a wedding at Williamsburg that night. And then I had to, you know, celebrate my birthday a couple of days later. And then we had the parade. It's crazy, but it's all. I need to talk to your daughter. My son has feeding and sensory issues. We'll take that. Offline. Really? Yes. Yeah, so. We'll take that fucking offline, though. We'll take that offline. Out of respect Definitely. for the audience, of course. Of course. But uh, so let me just say, Dylan Montello, what a great uh, stoppage he had at uh, uh, Khabib's show, Eagle FC. Right. He got back in the winning track. He needed that. But what a great fight for him. Uh, let his hands go a little bit more. And that's what happens. He stopped the guy at the end of the second round. The doctor stopped it. Uh, we had Armando Getcha. Uh, he had a unanimous win that night in Atlantic City. So we were all over the place again. I couldn't go out to Florida, obviously, because of everything going on. Right. And I'm I'm starting to ramble really bad right now. Not at all. And Not at all. What a big knockout for Anthony Delemi. Holy shit. He knocked that kid out cold. So his pro debut went really, really well. Shout out to Anthony and his beautiful girlfriend, um, Lita. 
Uh, so really, really good stuff, man. It was just Bobo, a great, Anthony great week. Let me get the Lemmy Lemmy crushed it. Did you see it? No, I did not. Oh, uh, you got to look at it. It's beautiful. I'll look it up after the show. All right. A couple other things I would like to get to with you gentlemen before we spin it forward to UFC Fight Night Volkov versus Rosenstrike. It is amazing how much people pine for a UFC event when there's one weekend off. It's like, can we just chill? Can we scale it back from 41 events to 35 instead of go from 41 to 46? Can we go in that direction, please? Do like 17 <laughs> fights a night, though. So much was made of the Holly Holm, Ketlin Vieta fight and ensuing decision. Uh, I guess I'm just curious if you have anything for us on that before we move on. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, that was the night where uh, Ponzinibbio fought. Correct. I see, I thought Ponzinibbio won that fight too. Close fight. Close, uh, close fight. fight. Um, and the same thing with the home fight. I would have given it to Holly home, but I think I'd have to really go back and look at it. I wasn't that invested in yeah. it, you know, it wasn't one of those nights where you, uh, it kind of was a repeat of the first round over and over again. So, um, right? Is that my wrong? I don't even well, know. A lot, a lot of cage work, inspiring. maybe. Hold, yeah, there was a lot of clinch cage. stuff. And uh, I don't know. I think sometimes I'm too close to it. I thought it was really entertaining, you know, like a really yeah, yeah, entertaining yeah. back uh, and forth. And then I get on social media, and obviously that does not at all dovetail with uh, the MMA fan base. So, but yeah, no, I, I thought I, I thought that was a close fight too but i think holly doing more of the work i'm not, I'm not i'd have to go back and look at it yeah. you know but I, I know people were bitching about it they, everybody had holly home winning like four to one maybe well not everybody but yeah uh no i no, it was closer than that i think people are just they felt like they saw holly dominate a lot of these clinch situations and i think by and large this whole notion of octagon control and i'm not trying to bore the masses but right. it's a tertiary condition you almost never will have to use octagon control as a condition to judge a round. Okay. If you first, it is effective striking and effective grappling, right? And maybe some people would take issue in that third round. There was a lot of effective grappling by Holly Holm, but it was Ketlin Vieta who came the closest to finishing that fight. If memory serves, you know, she had a choke in pretty deep in that round and landed some significant strikes on the feet. And then there was like a knockdown in the fight by Holly with a push kick to the midsection, which seemed more cosmetic, Kenny, to me, as far as knockdowns well, are concerned than anything else. And then Ketlin follows up with some fucking bombs, you know? Exactly. Well, here's the thing. There's a difference. There's a difference between me hitting you to the body and you folding over and be like, oh, yeah, and then yeah, dropping yeah. down. And as opposed to like a, uh, a teep where I, I get you off your feet like a trip. Right, right. It's so a it, totally different thing. When well, I, it, I doubt. knock you down with a shot, that hurts you to the body so much that you have to go down to the ground. That is a knockdown. If I push you off your feet, that is not a knockdown. That's like a takedown. Um, so that that was the difference in round four. I remember, and when I went back and, and watched round four, I was like, Ketlin watched, Ketlin won that round. Ketlin yeah. won that uh, yes. round. She was yes. landing way bigger shots in that round than Holly was. And uh, anyway, so the, yeah, that's. That's oh, so you, but you do think they got it right then? With I thought, Ket, I thought yeah. Ketlin won. I thought it was close, but I had yeah, Ketlin yeah, yeah. Three, three rounds to two. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. almost never go back and watch, and I did go back and watch those middle rounds, and uh, my scorecard swung. But initially watching it live, I thought Holly won, but I thought it was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my been my brain right now. That's what I'm seeing. It was a close fight. I thought either girl could have won, but. You know, I wasn't yeah. like, again, I wasn't looking at it. I wasn't invested in it like that. So, yeah. 
All right, I know this is a little bit old in terms of when this happened, but I like to do this sometimes in the nature of time. I'm going to throw out a couple names from that Ketlin Vieta Holly home card and see if you guys have anything on them. Chidi and Jaquani, how do you not feel great for this guy, right? $100,000 in bonuses with the second straight first-round knockout, and this was a vicious elbow against Dushko Todorovic. Really feel good for him, given how long it took him to get to the UFC. Jailton Almeida looks like a guy that can contend at heavyweight and light heavyweight. Now, I understand that he was fighting Parker Porter, who's probably the 30th-ranked heavyweight in the UFC. And I think if you talk to Tyson Chartier privately, he would have said that he did not advise Parker Porter taking this fight. But Jailton Almeida is an absolute monster. I'm curious if you guys have anything on him. And then Chase Hooper, who is really evolving and took advantage of the developmental time. He does cut a lot of weight. He seems to be doing it the right way. I do think eventually when he grows into his frame, he might have to be a lightweight. But bonus for Chase Hooper as well. I don't know if uh, if you have anything for me on any of those guys, Ray Longo. Yeah, I got absolutely nothing. You know what it is? I was, I, I was at a wedding and I watched the main card. That was it. So That's fine. Ken I got to go back. Did you see Jailton Almeida? I did not, but I wanted to talk about Chidi and Jaquani. That Please elbow do. dude over the that top. That I saw. Just nasty. That I was nasty. I would love to see it right over the top, right on the temple. Just crumbled them. Uh, but uh, yeah, good stuff there. All right. Well, I would encourage people to check out Jailton Almeida and just wanted to give him a little bit of shine. Really good dude. And, you know, sometimes there are these Brazilian fighters who are so eloquent through translation. Davis and Figueredo and Jailton Almeida. It's unbelievable. These guys, the way they answer questions. If either of those guys spoke English, um, I think their star power would just be off the fucking shots. All right couple of fight announcements I want to get to here if we could, and then Longo, if you have anything on the way out that you want to promote, by all means. Patty Pimblett's next fight is going to be against Jordan Levitt, Ken Flo. I think interesting. that's going to be an interesting challenge, and Pimblett really is a good grappler, and I think Levitt will be a great challenge for him in that realm. And then Brian T. City Ortega and Yair Rodriguez headlining on July 16th. Rumblings that that could be on ABC. Big fight at 145 pounds. So a couple of fight announcements I want to get your thoughts on before we let Longo fly. So, Ray, let's start with you, man. Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Patty Pimblett, Jordan Levitt. What do you have? I'll tell you, right in my backyard, Queens, New York. I can't get anybody on the freaking card, so I'm upset about that. Who are you um, trying to get on the card? Puma? I was trying to trying to get Frivola. <laughs> is still waiting for a fight. So I thought that would have been a perfect job. And Marab, they both would have taken fights at that. What's that the deal venue. with Marab? Because no you idea. said on these airwaves yeah. that you thought a fight was done, but evidently that is not the case. I just saw him yesterday. No fight is done, and he's dying to fight. I have no clue as to what's going on. There were rumblings about a Dominic Cruz fight, and then when I, I mentioned yeah. that aloud, someone said, oh, no, Marab's fighting Corey Sandhagen. It's already done. So I don't know what's going on. And now. Ray Longo just went black. So, uh, Ray, you still there? All right. Is that again when you mentioned Dominic Cruz? Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, what happened there? No, so I had mentioned the cruz Marab fight, and somebody said to yeah. me, oh, no, I heard Marab Corey Sanhagen's done. Uh, it wasn't done as of yesterday. Somebody, John. Yeah, John, give us I your sources. <laughs> I don't even remember. We'll see what happens with Marab Dwalish Willie, but I hope you can get one of those guys on the card. No, nah, I think the card's done. Oh, I think that's it. But uh, I, the Ortega fight's going to be far complete fireworks. Oh my I expect. gosh! Man. What I, a fight! Yeah, better keep your eyes glued to that one. 
very closely because I think it's going to be all over the place and very exciting. Ortego hasn't fought since the Alexander Volkanovsky championship fight September of 2021. And Yair Rodriguez, obviously very competitive against Max Holloway. That was November of last year. What a main event. Yeah, who's favorite in it? What, what are the odds on that fight? That is a good question. I would imagine it is pretty close to a pick yeah, I, I would say I maybe would so. Brian Ortega, minus 125. Yair Rodriguez, plus 105. That would be my guess. Um, but I think it'll command two-way action. Almost wherever it is. All right, Ray, you got anything else yeah. before we let you fly, my brother? Or what? I don't know. This is I just needed this uh this week to get my feet wet again. I feel like I have like again, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a month and I don't know, lots happened in the last couple of weeks. So I think we covered everything though. Are you doing extra rounds after this uh Alexander Volkov Jarzino <laughs> Rosen strike made that? I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the call yet. Oh, oh shoot. not watching. Not oh wow. Watching. You're not I'm not gonna watch it if you're not on. Oh, okay. Are you serious? All right. I, I can appreciate that. It's I mean, important I am, viewing for some when you're on. I am a big shot in Nassau County. Now, so. You're a huge shot. I mean, can you show us the fucking citation? I mean, and oh, I yeah. need to talk to this disrespected guy like now. I mean, shit, talk boy. about, I mean, you're from New York. You get pretty sensitive of <laughs> disrespecting the guy. Wait, hold on. One, one other quick question. Two days after that, Stephen Lee got on it. It was Asian Pacific uh, month. So uh, the county did a big thing trying to bring all different groups of people together. So I went down with Steve and, uh, you know, we did a demo and he got he got awarded, too. So hats off to Stephen Lee did the right thing. It's all about harmony, guys. Harmony. Steve Lee deserves to be honored. He's the reason uh, hun- Longo Weidman MMA is still standing. Uh, there's no, qu- no, no, no question about that. Absolutely Literally no holding up it. the entire fucking building with his back you know, and his balls. So the only the only problem with the <laughs> the only problem with the award <laughs> was Kenny. The only problem with the awards, you know, I'm reading the pamphlet. The first guy was like a neurosurgeon. The second guy had like uh, he was a you know a teacher, higher ed, the, the, the qualifications, and then. Me and Steve are up there hitting the tie pids like two complete right. idiots. I'm like, holy yeah. crap. Well, there but needs wore, to be a balance, you know? But he, you, and you he wore, the violent side, the educational side. He, you know. he wore his Hofstra shirt. I said, tell your, tell your parents you got awarded for your academic achievements. Leave out, leave out the fighting. <laughs> well, I, as a father of two daughters, I just hope that one of the daughters was rolling her eyes, being like, all right, we got to go honor dad here with this citation. Oh, uh, definitely. No rolling their eyes. Those good. Kids no, are, that's my, good. My kids are unbelievable. They're, They're not all on They're very excited. Because yeah. I feel like one of my daughters would be like that. Like, I'm not fucking coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying they wanted to come. I forced them to come. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a different story. Yeah. They don't want to not come in and have me show up at the house later, for sure. All right, well... um, it's great to see your face, and uh, I sense a lot of Ray Longo Googling in Garden City, New York. Maybe you can get on that map with Ken Flo at some point. In oh, distant future. Cody actually was like, how many times, though, has has John Anik Googled Kenny Florian over the years? And right. uh, let's just say it's a lot. It's a fucking yeah, would, lot. Like I can I tell you it. his Wikipedia photo, exactly what it looks like. May 26, <laughs> 1976. I think he was born in Westwood, Mass. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man, Kenny, all I got to say is hashtag bromance, hashtag <laughs> creepy. Holy right? God, oh, my God. That's what my are you doing? Right what are you doing? So, uh, so I am leaving on South media? Florida on June 2nd, and I will not be back until June 14th. So our next wow. episode will be this weekend. 
Next Sunday, June 5th, we'll preview UFC 275 and we'll look back at Volkov and Rosenstrike and hopefully you'll uh, you'll be a part of it. Episode 350 today, right? Wow. You know yeah, how was... many of those you've missed? One. Two. Wow. Oh, Ray has two. missed two episodes. Ken Flo's missed one. You know, I, you know, you know, Kenny, the first one was definitely an honest mistake. He was so upset. He couldn't <laughs> he couldn't fathom that something went wrong. I, I didn't even know what to do. I felt horrible. He made me the guy made me feel horrible. Two shows at a three. Never again, right? Never again. As Akon would say, put that blame on me. OK, put that. Fucking blame <laughs> on me. Uh, hey, have a great rest of your Sunday. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Red's a good color on you. And uh, we'll talk to you on June 5th. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. I will talk to you next week and have a great Memorial Day weekend. And people stay away from my Instagram until it's fixed. I feel absolutely horrible about what's going on, but right. it is what it is. What it is. All right. Go. Take it I'll easy, guys. Week here right. On the Anakin Take. Florian podcast. Take care. Totally helpless without that. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's all I would say on the way out, right? I mean, the Minutemen are so fucking sensitive. Cody, please get him out of here. Just please. Fucking Jesus <laughs> the Ray Longo oh, Minute, man. right? So the, that's the Ray Longo Minuteman. Very sensitive lot of you out there. Think I'm banging on Ray on the other side. Like, he can take it. He can take it. He can know. take it. Plenty of people banging on me in the comments. Fucking have at it. All right. After a bye week for the UFC, we are back. UFC Fight Night, Volkov versus Rosenstrike. Let us get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And it. The time is most definitely now. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. You want to talk about a guy just putting you in a good mood, just cracking a mic it's this fucking guy right here brian petrie at brian petrie mma on social media you struggling today my man huh yeah i got the flu boys got the flu oh man how's winnie doing how's your daughter Winnie? more important so she yeah she had it and then the little one got it and the wife got it and i'm i'm riding high i don't have it and then all of a sudden now i got it so all right well we'll be quick with first time ever first time ever i've never had it before all right well we hope you get through that and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. interesting because as we're getting ready for the show, uh, you're usually a little bit more verbose when it comes to the email. So I should have known yeah. that maybe you weren't 100 percent, but I'm yeah, glad that Winnie is out the other side and hopefully yes. you will be soon. Um, we're just going to get two picks here for UFC fight night, Volkov versus Rosenstrike. And if our intern, Will Berger, is listening, Will, I need your help, my man. Checks in the mail. Um, we need standings updated for these men. So we got to figure this out. I, I do believe that uh, that Team Petrie has the lead, but um, we really? really don't know that. I'm an ice cold man. Yeah, I, I lit some incense. I DM Jared Cannonier to try to get some of his crystals. Man, I uh-huh. need to bounce this around. I'm trying is, something. I've been ice cold past couple weeks. Is your hair a little bit lighter, or do you just have like new TV lighting in your studio? No, I'm using a different camera, and then there's there's lighting, and yeah, my hair yeah. is is it just is looking pretty light. Yeah. All right. Well, no, I just. Uh, Again, listeners don't like that I focus on that. So let us get to the predictions. We'll start with the co-main event. Movsar Iavloyev, minus 380. Danny Gay, plus 290. This is a huge number. Maybe Iavloyev yeah. deserves this respect. He's 5-0 and in the UFC, 15-0 and overall, former M1 Global Bantamweight champion. He's American top team trained. Last win for him came against Hakeem Dawadu. About a year ago, Bri, he was in line to face Ilya Topuria in January, but came down with COVID-19. Big co-main event spot here for Movsar Iavloyev. Your thoughts on him against Dan 50K Ige. 
Yeah, this is what we call a real deal fight, you know, because Ige has the better resume. He's only lost to the real deal guys. Is Evilev a real deal guy? He's shown that he is. He's capable of being one. You know, he had a lot of finishes outside the UFC. In the UFC, all decision wins. His last fight with Dawadu, he dropped that third round. You know, he kind of coasted a little bit. He's like, I got two in the bank. I'm going to drop this third one. You can't do that against Ige. And this price is high, boys. It is high. Ige, again, cream of the crop, guys. It's all he's fighting. But I just have this tendency to, to look at Dan Ige as a guy that might be just maybe, um, is he going to be the benchmark for this the division? Is he ever going to get one up on these guys? Because he's lost to Josh Emmett. He's lost to Korean Zombie. He's lost to um, Calvin Cater. But his biggest one's ever Edson Barboza. But a lot of people don't think he won. Is he a benchmark guy or is he a real talent guy? We know he's tough as nails. No one puts him away. He's durable. He trains with a good camp. He has really good skills. And then Evil Lev, again, is coming to the UFC. He's had some good wins, but he hasn't fought any of the competition that Dan Ige has. And my big thing is when you look at Ige's record, he's never really fought a pure grappler like Evil Ev is. Ige, you know, has a jiu-jitsu background. He's a black belt, but he's never really fought a pure grappler like Evil Ev is, who is evolving as well, going to American Top Team, which is a which is a, a great place for him to evolve his game. But he is a pure grappler. Um, Ige is a live dog for sure, but I like Evil Ev's skills here. I think he's improving. I think he needs to come out and anything he needs to dominate as well. That Taporia fight it was a fight I had circled. I was looking forward to that fight when that, that obviously fell through. Right. But 155 is a beast in the division. You have to really dominate and show, put a stamp on your name, and, and or you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So I like Evil Ev here, even though um, you know I hate the number. I just I'm a chalk boy. I got it on my shirt. Yeah, I'm going to play it safe go. here. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Evil Ev. Yeah. And I think analytically, you really handicapped the fight well, especially playing sick, Brian, man. And we appreciate yeah. that. Next time, don't be afraid to bang in. No, uh, never, never. It's your seat. Like, someone could keep your fucking seat warm. Nobody's taking your fucking seat. No. Not James Krause, we, not anybody we, else. Let's be clear. We play right. through, babe. We play through. And for the 10th ranked Danny Gay, uh, all of a sudden, he's lost three or four, right? He's had some main events. He's been, I think, in the featherweight top six, if not maybe higher. Now he's number 10. Uh, he was on the wrong end of a unanimous decision against Josh Emmett in his last fight last December at UFC 269. How do you see this co-main event playing out, kid? I do think there's some value on Ige. Um, however, like like, uh, like Brian, I, I think that this is going to be a tough matchup for Ige. Uh, he is facing an excellent grappler in, in Ivloyev, uh, who I think does a great job of utilizing his striking enough to bring it into his strength. Um, and he's pretty safe. He doesn't just sit there and trade uh, in the pocket. If he decides to do that, then Ige can catch him and knock him out and it's all over. But uh, I think Ivloyev is a smart fighter. He knows how to bring it into his realm really well. And Ige, well, he can grapple. Uh, I've seen him have the most amount of success when he gets on top and he controls you uh, and, and has some good ground and pound. I don't see that happening here against Ivloyev. He's just going to be too good of a wrestler, uh, I think, to succumb to anything like getting taken down or potentially getting swept or reversed there. Um, and I don't see Ige being dangerous enough off of his back to do anything to Ivloyev. So, yeah, I got uh, I got I Ivloyev here as well. All right, main event, a lot of heavyweight main events of late, of course. A lot of women headlining UFC fight nights, but we got the heavyweights this weekend. Seventh-ranked Alexander Volkov, minus 150. Number eight, Biggie Boy Jarzinho Rosenstrike is plus 130. So Rosenstrike did have a matchup against Marcin Tabor that went away. So it's been about a nine-month layoff for him, and he does like to stay active. 
Volkov, of course, as you boys know, ran into the Tom Aspinall train back in March. Loser here likely will never fight for the title. Winner on the other side will have won two of three. Brian Petrie, who do you have in the main event? I'm a bit surprised Volkov's coming back so quickly. I mean, he, he I know he didn't get knocked out, but he got knocked around a little bit by Aspinall in that fight. But, you know, that just proves the type of savage this 44 fight vet is. I mean, the guy's, the guy's nails. This fight will be either a good technical stand-up fight or it's going to be a snoozer. And I'm really shocked that the UFC is letting Rosenstrike main event, considering sometimes he gets stuck in mud. He has a tendency to kind of just watch his work and really not watch his work, or he has a tendency to knock your fucking head off your shoulders. So the right. UFC is going to roll the dice and be like, okay, well, we'll see what we get. Um, I like Volkov here. I love the number. I thought I was going to get maybe a higher number or, or on Volkov. I thought maybe two to one. I like this opening number here. I see Volkov yeah. picking him apart, front kicks to the gut, avoiding the big shots. Stroke, Rosenstrike has proven not to be the most well-rounded striker considering he has such a, a dense kickboxing background. He's usually got one or two big power punches and you know not many kicks and kind of a little underwhelmed here. I mean, this though, this fight has a Derek Lewis Volkov vibe to it because it is five rounds. These are heavyweights. These are big boys. I can see Volkov dominating and just get caught because he has that light switch power that puts you out. But I just think Volkov is better everywhere. I, I see him staying disciplined here, especially after the first round loss to Aspinall there. Um, and I see him picking Rosenstrike apart here. What am I seeing Volkov using the size? Because he has size up, take him down the yeah. ground, get on top. That I think that'd be a good part of his game as well. And uh, unless we get a Doug Flutie Boston College Hail Mary from Rosenstrike. <laughs> I see Volk by decision here. I'm very, very confident in that. Um, and, yeah, I like this. I like this number. I'm all over this number, boys. Maybe Rosenstrike will split Volkov's lip wide open with a few seconds to go in the fight Oof. as he did against Oof. Alistair Overeem. Ken Flo, it does seem as though our last few fighter meetings with Biggie Boy have been rooted in this conversation about turning patience into activity, right? He loves to counter. He does sort of idle at times in the fight. Um, but maybe this will be the fight that he gets back to just being the – the killer that uh that obviously has a lot of knockouts to his credit what do you feel about this main event yeah john i, I think rosenstrike really needs to do that here uh, against volkov he needs to be aggressive he tries to lay back or he tries to cruise through any of these rounds i think that's where volkov's really going to take over when you have a guy who is a striker who is that tall and long and utilizes a lot of those long-range weapons well if you back up or if you cruise or if you stay on the periphery you're going to get picked apart even if you are a very good striker um so rosenstrike can catch him sure and he's got the power to stop him but i i just don't see it happening i think volkov tends to be a little bit more hesitant with his striking when he's fearing the takedown i don't think he has anything to worry about here as far as grappling against rosenstrike which is going to allow him to unleash more of his strikes i like volkov here as well all right Alexander Volkov, minus 150 as we sit here Sunday, May 29th on DraftKings Sportsbook. If you want more from Brian Petrie, you can check out the MMA Takes podcast on social media. He is at Brian Petrie MMA. Must follow for me on fight night of that. You can be sure. Feel better, my man. What I a great name it. for a daughter, Winnie, huh? I mean, yeah, get a home yeah. Run. That I I named I named Winnie. Uh, my one of my favorite movies growing up was everyone thinks it's the Wonder Years because Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years, right? Or Winnie the Pooh or something. I well, I was a movie buff growing up. I love the movie Wall Street and Gordon Gecko's daughter is Winnie. I'm like, that's it, that's it. I love it. And my wife, my wife named the second one. So yeah, so yeah. Thanks, boys. Appreciate and it. What did you, what did your Dude. wife go with? Hazel. She loves the name oh, Hazel. I love yeah. It. So I love Hazel. It. Yeah. Okay. Hey, rest up. Better. Great Boston College reference. Ah, uh, you like that? <laughs> Again, B Kenny's a BC boy. I knew I'd get him. All right, boys. <laughs> Number 22. Thanks, Let's go. I'll see you guys. We'll talk to you.
We'll talk to you next Sunday. Brian Petrie with us for the main event challenge. You know, Doug's brother, Darren, actually babysat me and Jay once. In no Native way. Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. And there was actually a picture of me and Jay in a newspaper when we were babies. Uh, it said like the headline was like double trouble in 1990s sports or whatever, which we wow. didn't end up being great athletes per se. But Richard Flutie took the picture, Doug's father, you know, so wow. the Flutie family runs deep with me. I think actually, if memory serves, my parents came home and Darren was like making out with a girl on the couch or something. Actually, you know? <laughs> um, You're a great wide receiver, by the way. And right. those guys at soccer practice, Darren and Doug used to go up. There was this huge mound and they used to sprint up as a workout and all, all, the, all of our guys on the soccer team would all watch that's, that's, that's cool funny. yeah it was pretty cool anyway yeah if you don't know ken flow uh midfielder for boston college uh a long long time ago before many of you were probably even fucking born um all right one thing left to do of course it is our marrow seconds and i just want to say as we bring in our producer cody marrow just great fucking stuff in the private chat today not saying we can always get to it but appreciate yes. the producer support a lot of thoughtful comments whether we get to them or not well thank you thank you i appreciate that and you're Oh, you were a little delayed there. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Um, what's going on, kid? Fresh off of a trip to uh, the city of brotherly love for some CFFC. Is that right? Yeah, I feel like John Anik this morning as I wake up at 845 and get on a train to come back here for this podcast, huh? I mean, <laughs> I, at 4 a.m., time went on with John Morgan from CFFC Damn. and then <laughs> back, back up at 830, ready to go. So, Oh, Johnny Morgan, ready to fucking go at 4 a.m., huh? Well, I, well, keeping going at 4 a.m. I think that's the the operative term. But I mean, I don't, I, I don't really, you know, newsflash. I don't really drink. I don't tie it on that habit. So that was like the third time I've drank this year, and I'm with John Morgan, who is a fish. So that that was fun to try and keep up. But uh, hey, I've never been party. to Philly before. Great city, right? Like, a, kind of got a Boston kind of feel to it. Kind of like uh, historic in a way. I gotta like, go. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. It's a, it was a good city. John, I mean, John's throwing up off camera. The no, I mean, it's tough, bad, right? But like, it's a good city. So I don't want to sit here and bang on Philly, okay? I love you, Paul Felder, right? And Petrosky and everybody else, Sean Brady. All of you guys love the Philadelphia accent, the fucking underground king, Eddie Alvarez, right? But last time we did a UFC show in Philly, we stayed in Delaware. So perhaps that clouds my memory. If you want to compare Chicago to Boston, I'm okay with it. Philly's a fucking dump. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> no, Philly's Whoa. fine. We just lost all our Philly. Listeners. I know. We love you guys. We love you. Just having a little fun. Yeah, but dude, I'm glad you enjoyed back, Philadelphia. Right? No, it was, yeah, for the, the limited time that I was there, I guess. <laughs> but, but no, I, I was going to say it too. Like, isn't it, how was it for you and your brother to, you know, be babysat by somebody you're taller than? It's like, isn't that <laughs> right? It's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, so if I don't like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and a lot of my friends are from Philly, I went to Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. If it's not like my favorite city and Cody starts saying nice things about Philly, should I just sit here and say nothing? And this is kind of the story of my life, right? Not having a filter when it comes to parenting, whatever else, right? It's like, so within the last week, I've banged on Philadelphia to somebody in my life. So then he says that I feel an obligation to be a man of veracity veracity media group right and say that you know philly's just okay for me it's just okay for me well you know it was just okay for us is that we didn't have a podcast so wish kenny a happy birthday so happy belated birthday kenny thank you buddy i'm thank pretty you. sure everybody on this podcast is born in may i mean me ray kenny uh sean sheehan like who who doesn't have a may birthday sorry john they might want to just right. change that right I'm not a big birthday guy it's okay but <laughs> The reason that I was in Philly was for CFFC. Uh, shout out Rob Haydack for the hospitality there. Great promotion. They did a grappling event on Saturday night. 
where Jay Guida was on the receiving end of the Guida slaps because he was competing. He, right. he got subbed in like that. a minute and a half, but it was crazy. It was kind of crazy to see, you know, the, the slap from 10 feet away for the two of them and uh, kind of turn the tables there. So right. I thought that was interesting. Worth, worth checking That's out cool. on social media. That's but cool. that did inspire me to text Kenny. And I hope he's okay with me revealing that I was like, Hey, like, what's it going to take to get Ken Flo to headline one of these things, you know? And he's like, a new back and a new knee. So if anyone's out there, if anyone knows a back guy or a knee guy and you want to see Kenny fight again. Full replacement. I need a full back replacement. That'd trip nice. to Costa Rica. We're ready to go. Yeah. Can I ask you this? So I know some of these grappling promotions like have a grappler's rights. Like Fury Grappling might have a fighter's grappling rights. So can't go do submission grappling or submission underground or whatever. Does anybody have Kenny Florian's rights right now? Can I ask that? You don't have to answer. He's laughing. They don't. They don't. Right. Does anybody want Kenny Florian's grappling yes. rights right now? That's yes. the question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm gonna, PF, we're gonna. We'll do you know pro grappling league. You know pro grappling legends. Uh, that, there I it is. Yeah. PGL baby. Guys. There we go. There we go. P PGL. I think I'm gonna start a Beirut league for Fight Pass. A Beirut league. I think. Well, you need. Then you can't have anybody that was on the weigh-in show trying to play beer pong, like because that yeah, was they were really I'm sorry, bad. guys, but like. That was all. I would smoke all you fools in beer pong from that thing. And also, who the hell plays no bounce? Like, bouncing is a very, very important part of beer pong. So I don't know who was doing it. And then poor Laura. Bilal doesn't drink. He's Muslim. I need so. to provide context as you're talking about this because I'm sure Ken Flo and others have no clue as to what you're talking about. They played Beirut or beer pong, whatever you call it, on the UFC okay. 274 morning weigh-in show. And took a while for them to close the show. It was, a, it was a long time. It was. I also, it's tough too. Bilal Muhammad doesn't consume alcohol, and not that there are a ton of big drinkers on this show, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, you're going to play Beirut, you got to fucking drink the beer. It's just the way it goes. Stay at a Kai fraternity. You know? Yeah, well, and, drink. you know, poor Laura, she's drink. 5'1", soaking wet, you know, and had to drink all the drinks, and so she was wasted. But then there there comes John's just walking by, and like, hey, John, like, come over here. John's hosting the show. It was like, are they paying whatever for it takes? I mean, whatever this, no, I this know. Guy walking around, you know, you start sending some invoices there. Uh, <laughs> now, Cody, what else you have for us, my man? So the last thing is, I just wanted to to shout out uh, Brad Bolton, Brad Big Balls Bolton from CFFC. He's the president of CFFC, right? So I go to this event, um, you know, three o'clock as they're setting everything up, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, whatever. And they come up to me and they're like, "Yeah, like Alex Caceres, like is not going to be able to grapple with Clay Guida in the co-main, so." Brad just going to do it. The president of the organization is just like, yeah, I'll do it. Like I'll step in. He's got a black belt. He's like, I haven't, he's like, I've rolled twice in six months. So wow. we're just going to test this out. So on a couple of hours notice, he wrestled Clay Guida, you know, for five and a half minutes. He ended up getting, um, I think it was a head and arm choke that he tapped out to, but I mean, to go Good five minutes against Clay Guida on a couple hours notice. I mean, awesome. the nuts on that guy. I just wanted to shout him out. So shout out Brad, big balls, Bolton, new nickname coming from the Anakin Florian podcast, but that's great. Hell of a Good show. Place to so, get a nickname. And yeah. great to have the maestro, Cody Bone Marrow, in the building for CFFC over the weekend. Thank you, Cody. All right, don't forget, remember the show on this very channel with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik coming up this Thursday night. Guests to be determined. If you want Anik and Florian Podcast merchandise, AnikFlorianPodcast.com. You can find your One More Sleep shirts at Millions.co. New Singapore designs set to hit in the next five days or so. And KennyFlorianMartialArts.com. And I have to get my cell phone because I have something to promote that is going on in Titletown in Boston, Massachusetts. So Ken Flo, on Saturday, June 4th, 
from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Seminar is free for all Florian Martial Arts Center members, $80 for non-members. This will be at the Florian Martial Arts Center there on Webster Street in Brookline, Massachusetts. Is that right? Yes. See, I remember nothing in life that I need to, but Webster Street, Brookline, Massachusetts, this Saturday, June 4th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., you can contact the Academy to reserve your spot or call 617-232-3228. I feel like I'm back on the airwaves in Boston. 617-232-3228. As far as I'm concerned, like, I'm a non-member Florian Martial Arts Center. I'm paying 80 bucks. I'm I'm showing up no fucking gi. I'm not training. I'm just going to show up. Spend my 80 bucks, try to get a picture with Kemplo. It all goes down this Saturday, June 4th. Thanks to our Thank guest, you. Ray Longo, Brian Petrie, Cody Marrow's our producer. Don't forget, we're on UFC Fight Pass, not now, but very soon. Big things to come. And uh, we look forward to sharing that with every last one of you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for subscribing. We're trying to grow this channel as best we can. We appreciate your support along the way. With all of that said, for Ken Florham, John Anik, Uvalde, Texas, we're praying for you. Love you all. We'll talk to you guys next Sunday, June 5th. Until then, go later. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.